T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 55 for Donovan Mitchell tonight. So he makes the first one, 56 points. Now I imagine he's actually yelling at J.B. Bickerstaff here to try to position everybody correct. Robin Lopez is going to come in for an offensive rebound opportunity. So I think he's going to try to miss it. You might need Drummond yeah, right now. He is. He's coming in. Yeah. Billy Donovan's going to yeah. counter you gotta, it. Yeah, you got to bring Drummond in now. Yeah, you got to bring your best rebounders in right now. Yeah, Dosumu is going to come out. Drummond is in. Now, what you got to do now if you're the Bulls is to make sure someone box out Donovan Mitchell. The shooter. Do not let the ball come back to him, and then he goes to the, to the rim and dunks the ball or you foul him. 4.7 left. So that'll be Patrick Williams' responsibility. Off the back rim, loose ball. Oh, he went in to tie the game. I don't know how. How did that go in? Wow. Incredible. He didn't box. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Oh, what did I just say? Incredible. What did I just say? You said it. You have to box out the shooter, and the Bulls failed to do it. Oh, no. One, two, three. And here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yeah, not great, even though the last two-minute report will show that Donovan Mitchell was about halfway to the basket before the ball made it to the rim, but eh, it doesn't matter. It's not why you called. Joe Cowley is on Twitter at jcowleyhoops. Right? Is that right? I don't have it written in front of me, but I think that's right. And he joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Joe. How are you? Boys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do we have the last two-minute report yet from last night? Uh, I don't think it's out yet. I think it's coming. Do we need to see it? No. <laughs> I know what it's going to say. Sorry. We messed up. Sorry. It is at Joe Kelly, at Jay Kelly. Jay Kelly you had it right. You, you had it right. Thank you for yes. checking me on that one. Yeah, I'm producing for you. Thank you. Don't follow. Yeah, no one follow me, please. <laughs> Oh, I'll be miserable anyway. Oh, speaking, exactly. of, speaking of Twitter, did you see what Donovan Mitchell did? No, and, what do you do? Okay, so we had Robin Lopez sent out a tweet last night that said, right. it said, I'm going to get it out of the way and point out that Donovan Mitchell and Robin Lopez combined for 72 tonight. And, okay. And, and he wrote the word hashtag, hashtag historic game. 
So Donovan Mitchell quote tweeted it today and said, and just like that, we are drug tested this morning. (laughs) It's the Lopez brothers. Yep. Joe, what would be the version of this for the Bulls if everything was going well? Like what they signed up for with Ball and Levine and Vooch, like within realistic outcomes here, if this was going well, what would it look like? Um, well, if it was going well, Lonzo Ball would be playing. Right. And it would look like it probably did the first kind of five, six weeks of last season where the defense is built in the backcourt and causing chaos to your backcourt, uh, messing up your possessions, whether it's deflections or picking you up 94 or whatever. The, you know, they were throwing different things at them. Um, I mean, ideally, that's what Arturis Karnasovas wanted this thing to look like this year. And that's why continuity was kind of the buzzword. Um, the problem is when you build continuity on a guy like Lonzo ball, who has historically been hurt every year and you have a guy like Caruso who should play with a crash helmet, like super Dave Osborne. Um, and so, you know, he's going to end up, you know, in and out of lineups. And when you max a guy in, in, in Zach Levine, who, is a great scorer, but needs complimentary players around him. And you have to pay for those complimentary players to cover up his weaknesses. Um, you know, you're kind of seeing what this thing looks like at it's not, it's ugliest because it could get worse, but there have been some rock bottom feelings so far. Um, and this one probably goes near the top of the list when you're up 21 in the first half and you just played that team and you have a good idea um, what that team is doing. I mean, that, that first quarter and, and, and into that second quarter, it looked like the Bulls knew the Cavs' game plan better than them. I mean, they were stepping in front of passing lanes. They were active defensively. They were physical defensively. So that's ideally what it should have looked like was the model we got last year, but I just don't understand the thought that it, it could look like that again long-term when we knew the history of the, the uh, participants involved. I mean, do you look at it like this is what they signed up for? Um, I think they, they signed up for hope. And when you are chasing hope and selling hope to a fan base, that's a very dangerous commodity. Um, Chicago owners seem to get away with it a lot more than, than other major cities do. For some reason, fans here seem to buy hope. And to me, that's the worst thing you could buy as a fan because it feels good and, and, and it, and you'll let it play out a lot longer than you would with, with a contender. So, um, I think they signed up for hope and they're selling hope and, um, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. But they're not, though, because if you're really looking at this team, there isn't any hope. The way you sell hope for this team is if somebody wants to give you a first for Caruso, you take it. And then you sit by your phone and you say, call me and let's let's get some pictures. That's how you sell hope. I'm not sure. Well, I, I don't know what I mean, you're you selling. We're too deep into this now. I'm saying in the off season okay. when they brought everyone back with continuity and they added Drogic and, and, and Drummond as, as key pieces, they were they were buying hope because they didn't think the Lonzo Ball thing would drag on like this. Um, and you know, look, he walks through that door, things will change slightly. They'll be slightly better, but he's not turning this thing around. Um, and, and so. You know, that was the problem I had is they were basing everything on what that this team looked like the first six weeks of the season when they were in first place. And actually even going in towards the, the, the trade deadline. I mean, you know, ball didn't go down until January. So there was good feelings. I remember the West Coast trip when they beat the Clippers and Lakers. 
you talk about a team that just had a strut. Um, they look like one of the better teams in the East. So I think they were that was the hope they were buying. I think there's a reality now that they're facing, and, and they painted themselves into the corner with this roster. And, and to your point, yeah, at this point, you know, they'll let this play out for, you know, two, three weeks longer. Um, but they have to make a decision. I mean, that February 9th trade deadline is coming quickly, and there's going to be some contenders that might be looking at a couple pieces. And But the issue I have is if it's a contender, unless it owns someone else's pick, you're not getting any kind of game changer back. You're just accumulating first-round picks and, and hoping you, may, you hit on the right guy, you know, in, in the teens or in the 20s. I am just scratching my head at a statistical uh, change here that has been remarkable for the Bulls, and it's detailed by Kevin Anderson of NBC Sports Chicago. He says, through December 15th in 27 games, the Bulls were the second-best team in the NBA in fewest second-chance points given up at 11.4 per game. Since December 16th in those 10 games, they're 28th now, giving up 16.6 second chance points per game. If I didn't know better and if I weren't watching the games, I I would say they switched to a 2-3 zone. I swear to God, the only way to get that bad at defensive rebounding, the only thing that would explain that to me is they're saying, "Well, they're trying to rebound out of a zone." And that that and and that explains it. But they're not. What happened? No. I think there's two things. I think you are seeing them playing teams with multiple bigs more than they were earlier. And you are seeing teams understand their, their, their lack at, at that, at that position, you know, boxing guys out and, and keeping guys off the board and running two bigs at them. Um, you know, the one thing that, that struck me about Mitchell when, you know, I went into his press conference after, after Billy spoke yesterday. And the one thing he brought up is, you know, I yelled, he, this is him talking. He said, I instantly yelled out Toronto because they had a set in Toronto where they worked on this, where they brought Robin Lopez in and, you know, obviously have him with Jared Allen. And, and the whole point of it was we're bigger. I mean, if you look at Toronto's roster, they're a bunch of six, seven, six, eight cats that can switch on anybody. It's the whole team. So they, yeah. Yeah. And so they felt really good about, we bring in our two bigs and whoever's shooting, uh, you know, whoever's shooting the free throw is going to crash. And he said that was something that even worked on Utah. It used to be favors and, and go bear. They'd bring that, those two in at the same time. So and his his point was he even said he goes we knew they had they didn't have two guys bigger and more athletic than our two, so right there, um, basically tells you how teams feel about the Bulls and especially in crucial minutes and it's not the other thing too that it's not just the offensive rebounds they're giving up it's the the, the timely offensive rebounds that have been a killer yeah the, um, in the Knicks know, games it was like Jericho Sims and Mitchell Robinson right, the same thing right, right they all have a they have a great defensive possession. You know, Zach actually works his ass off and, and rotates properly, helps properly. They do everything right, and they, they, and they don't box out. And, you know, there's been some long rebounds and things like that on three-point attempts. But, again, that's, that's, that's fixable, too. So, yeah, I, I think, that, you know, the blueprint, you know, the more you play these games, the more the blueprint comes out on you. And I think if teams have two bigs, especially if they, one's a rotation guy and one's a starter, the Bulls are going to see them a lot more until they can – can actually play with some physicality and box guys out. Joe, when you say that they're going to have decisions to make at the trade deadline, but why wouldn't they offload pieces? I mean, doesn't this administration have the runway? Don't they have the security to kind of rebuild again? Oh yeah, they have. They have carte blanche. But the thing we don't know about this this front office, we saw that they will flip pieces that they didn't love and that weren't theirs. 
but you know they don't really talk to the media that much so what we don't know is is this a group that falls in love with their own product too much and this is the first time that's going to be tested because this is this is their first build basically this is the foundation that they built and then brought back feeling good about so we don't know you know is is Arturis a guy that that looks at his product and feels it, it's it, it's it's good we just as soon as we get healthy we'll be good um you know we'd love to ask him these questions but unfortunately um you know there's been requests made and requests denied so until we can speak to him and get him in a room and see what he's about or have to wait to the dread trade deadline to see what he's about we don't really know what this this front, how this front office ticks in this kind of situation and that's the frustrating part that the beat writers have had have you asked billy how it feels to in so many words and maybe it's an off the record thing or just you know if you're just sitting around a shoot around or something does he feel taken advantage of in that he has to answer these big picture questions for the team because his bosses don't talk i don't really think it's fair no and and have you asked him about that like hey i mean why why do they do this to you man I didn't ask him exactly like that, but there's been a couple times where I've said, since we can't talk to your front office, you have, I, I, I know you have to speak on this. And he just nods his head because in his mind, at least the way he um, relays the information, the, it, it's not, you know, a lot of times, whether it was with the White Sox when I covered them or my, my early days with the Bulls, there was a lot of us versus the front office, meaning the coaching staff, players, that locker room, versus the front office. And so they were two very separate entities. The communication that Arturis and and Billy have, and I won't put Mark Eversley in it because I don't really know his kind of role on this team yet. I know his title. I just don't know his exact role. And, again, that goes from a lack of them wanting to speak to the media and give us an idea of who does what and, 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 and how this thing works, um, which, again, is frustrating. Um, but – Arturis and Billy speak every day. So if you ask Billy a question, front office or medical staff or anything that, that has to do with something you usually wouldn't ask a coach because you know that coach would either play dumb, lie about it, or not want to answer it, Billy's great about answering with as much information as Arturis has given him. So I will say it is unique in that way because the two speak so often and because there is – a lot of meetings and daily give and take on all topics. Um, Billy's, they've made him the definite go-to. I don't think he resents it. Um, I think he understands that's just the way it is with this relationship with the media and Arturis and myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird to ask a coach so many front office and personnel and medical staff questions, but that's just how the Bulls want to handle this. Dan, that drives me crazy, man. I mean, obviously as a, as a, writer and a reporter that drives me crazy the lack of transparency but it especially drives me crazy when it's it's not really about the media it's about if if joe cowley doesn't know exactly what mark eversley's role is n- neither does anybody else and you're trying to get people to buy into this and and while the past mistakes of the bulls are not this administration's fault read the room like you can't you can't come in and be like hey we got this we got this trust us just trust us we're not going to tell you anything about what's going on yeah, there's, just trust there's us. accountability too of, of being right. able to stand out there and if, if you think that this is all going swimmingly tell us so yep no yeah, and, and, and you know and that's what we're trying to kind of you know, we're trying to crack that egg um, you know look the, the the Billy Donovan contract thing we know that that was not an Arturis that was not a Mark Eversley that was not obviously a Billy Donovan that was a Jerry Ryan story. 
Um, I've spoken to people in the organization. That was from the top to, to keep that thing quiet. Um, I think part, part of it is a middle finger to the media because um, stuff like that's going to get out. It's just that this is how the beast works in the NBA. You've got, you know, we all know you got your two big figures in, in Woj and Shams and how they work and, and people are going to leak stuff to them. And, and maybe it's leaked from inside your own house because that person in that house wants their name mentioned in an upcoming job. And, and so, you know, the, the monsters all feed each other. And so, um, but, but how Jerry Reinsdorf didn't think it wouldn't get out eventually and how bad it would look was frustrating, but not knowing kind of what they're thinking about this team is, is disappointing because in their opening press conference, I went back and looked, both of them talked about how open they are in, in communication wise and how, you know, they wanted transparency. And, and it, it seemed like it, that's exactly what it was early on. Um, but that's when things were going good. That's when they were flipping the roster and they, and they could do no wrong, but now things aren't going so good. So where's that same energy? Where's that same accountability? Where's that, that same C in the hallway, you know, both of them have a little joke where if they see us, they pretend they're going the other way. I mean, it's funny once, but after a while, it's like, yeah, I get it. We're the enemy and you have to pretend you're going the other way. (laughs) When you do that to your beat reporters, you're doing that to your fans. You're doing that to your customers. Exactly. Exactly. And I I don't, you know, and and, and I tweeted out a week or two ago after they denied a a request, you know, this isn't Denver and this isn't Nike. I mean, this is Chicago and, you know, if they want to play those games that they got away with in Denver and got away when they worked for Nike, that's one thing. But I'm going to continue to request to talk to them and continue to point out that they denied the request. That's my job. I have to let the fan base know, hey, I'm trying to figure out what you're buying tickets for. I'm trying to figure out if it's worth you buying tickets for. But this is all I can do. I see a team, and especially with that game, last night, it really underscored how close they always are to disaster. Mm-hmm. That was the best first half they played all year. I thought I, Dallas. I, Dallas was really good too. Dallas but was, was good, a, but a th- that was a bum that was a team. JV team. Yeah, that was yeah, an abs. Was abs I didn't know you. I didn't know if you had official. What's lower than oh, your? That was that, they were bum ass team that night. Oh, yeah. bum yeah. ass team, which is lower the than bum team. Bum-ass team. Exactly. Got it. Because that was that was just not even uh, yeah. NBA ball. But against a good team that's had their number, they they had. But just then, the moment you saw Donovan Mitchell realize, oh, you don't have anybody who can stop my first step. You don't have anybody out there, and like it's all of a sudden he's got like, oh, they act, they can't stop me, right? And and, and they couldn't, and even when Caruso, it didn't matter. Like, and they no. just don't have an answer. They they're 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 not. I, I hate to use the term you know, that they need to get younger and more athletic, but they need to get younger and more athletic because they, I, th- I think the quickest guy on their team it might be Kobe White right now. Well, what what that looked like yesterday was all stars for superstar, and that's the thing that's been lacking since they let Jimmy Butler go. You don't have a superstar. You got all stars. You got a nice little team. You got what you had in Denver. You know when Jokic was first coming up. Now he's just, now he's a big boy. He's a superstar. He's an MVP. Yeah, but they were developing but, around that. That that wasn't right, just Jokic. It, it, they they were they were making they were adding value to their draft picks by making them better. And that was right, that goes for always, Toronto they, and that goes for Denver. They're not doing that but, here. 
Right. They'd get to the playoffs, though, and they would, and still to this day, he's great, but he's still losing the superstars. He's losing the superstars in the playoffs. As great as he is, the, the, the cast around him, you know, they were injured last year. I get it. But, you, you know, and, and this idea of a very good team versus a team with one or two superstars come playoff time, it just, it just, it's not going to work. And there's been a lot of guys that have tried very good teams. And it just it takes you so far, and this is kind of imploding and going the, 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 a different way. So, um, without draft capital, so yeah, it's not it's not it's not the greatest uh, position to be in. And, and to your point, I mean, once Donovan Mitchell knew Caruso couldn't handle him, and that was the best you got, yep. it was a wrap. He just did whatever he wanted, and, and knew there wasn't going to be resistance at the rim. And um, you know, guys were back, there was a couple series where you just top threes and you know i think zach was on him once and maybe demar was on him another time they were already kind of backpedaling because they, they didn't want to be that runway that he was going to take off from so he just pulled up from three so um yeah you saw a superstar versus all-stars yesterday Callie, what do you think it would take for them to push the button on like full tank mode here if they get blown out by the nets and the sixers and the celtics coming up i mean there's still time to tank well see here's here and here's my my fear is they're holding on to this beat Boston twice, beat Miami twice, beat Milwaukee twice, was competitive um, against Cleveland, you know, have a, a one and two against them, but could have gone either way. I hope they're not chasing fool's gold, and I hope they're not fooling themselves into thinking that's real logical things that could sustain themselves, not only the rest of the season, but into the playoffs, that, that styles make the fight. And if we get Boston, they don't like our style. No, they, they, it's a different animal come, come playoff time. So I would think they're smarter than that. But, I, but, but again, it's also going to come down to what, what's, what's the offer and what are you getting back? I mean, with Zach's contract, which, you know, you can't trade until a couple more weeks, all right, this is our problem child. Who, who's a problem child you're willing to give? Trey Young? Does that excite, does that excite mm-hmm. Bulls fans that we're giving our problem child or their problem child? And, and – now we got a guy who plays even less defense and shoots gimmick 35-footers, and when he makes them, it's great. But, yeah, nobody was guarding you out there, bro, because you're, you're shooting 10 of them from the logo. Um, so it's not that great of a shot. And so, um, you know, I, I just don't see a, a clean way out where you say, wow, this time he flipped it, and now now I can see it. I mean, it's going to be an ugly flip, however they do it, just because of Vucci's expiring contract and, you know, like I said, if you're if you're sending a Caruso or DeRozan, you're sending them to contenders, and I, what kind of draft capital are you getting back for that? Now I do want Trey Young here, just so Callie can end questions with bruh. <laughs> you're just calling me bruh. Now we've reached, bruh. we've reached. What was that forty footer? I mean, no one was guarding you. I know you made it, but really, why dig yourself because of that? We've reached peak Cowley, I believe, if that's the case. Joe, thanks so much, yeah. man. All right, you guys take care. You, that's, that's Joe Cowley. Covers the Bulls for the Sun-Times. Next up, I think I talked to this guy like four hours ago is what it feels like, but Lawrence Holmes, he is getting set to take some vacation days, but he's also working tonight because he is launching a brand-new television show on NBC Sports Chicago, and he's going to join us to tell us all about it. If you are a football fan, you're going to want to know, so keep it here on the Parkins and Spiegel Show, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Selling a little... Or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. Hey, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Lawrence Holmes. Lot of Holmes. Wow, look at that. Gets the full treatment. Our next guest is on Twitter. At Lawrence W. Holmes and is with us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports bar. I hear this music and I feel that I have to talk differently because it sounds important and football-y. And that means Lawrence Holmes tonight on television must be important and football-y. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Hello. Well, yeah, I, I mean, once I put a shirt with a collar on and a jacket, yeah, it becomes very important, very serious football conversation. So what are we talking about here? What are we launching? What is this? Why? What, what, if I'm tuning in, what am I going to see? What am I going to be a part of? NBC Sports Chicago is launching a new football show. It's, it's going to be on 6 o'clock and starting tonight, and it's called Football Night in Chicago. So we are going to talk about the biggest stories that are going on, not just with the Bears, but around the NFL we're going to have incredible guests from around the country to talk about all sorts of things. And it's going to feed the appetite of all Chicagoans who can't get enough football conversation. 
What would be worth discussing on that show about the Bears other than Justin Fields, Lawrence? I mean, exactly. But <laughs> think of think about how many words you've put together in the last three months that have had to do mostly with Justin Fields. People can't stop talking about Justin Fields and how to best put together a team that's going to maximize what Justin Fields can do. So, yeah, people have all sorts of theories and they want to talk about Justin Fields. So believe there'll be plenty of, of opportunity for us to have conversations that go in various directions about QB1. Well, I ask because I really actually need the advice. I'm not sure what to do this week if Justin Fields doesn't play. I don't know what I'm supposed to write. Is it, you know, Bears, Vikings, Nathan Peterman time? Yes. I don't, I, I I don't know what I can do with that. Get ready for the Nathan Peterman redemption. Like, you should have that loaded and ready to go and be like, oh, well, Nathan didn't even think that he still had a chance to be an NFL quarterback. And there was Ryan Poles, the only GM who believed in him. And that's why the Peterman is getting a start against the Vikings. That's inspiring. Dan, see, now I don't feel bad for people who bought tickets. Nathan Peterman's last stand. Be part of the big story, the, the, the redemption storyline. That this man could not crack <laughs> a, a, a starting lineup. He couldn't get on the field. And then he's going to get out there and throw for 360 yards and three touchdowns. Lawrence, is this going to be a fun show? I mean, today are, are the, the things that we're going to be talking about are probably a little bit more serious. But overall, the tone of the show is supposed to be a little lighter. We're supposed to have fun with it. I, and even inside of the, the conversation that we're going to have, about DeMar Hamlin, uh, we're going to talk with Tony Dungy. I've, there's a question I've been dying to, to ask Tony Dungy for 17 years, and tonight I am going to ask him that question. Ooh, that's a tease. That's a great tease. Yep. I was going to ask him what it was, and then I remembered, oh, that's a tease. Yeah. I, it turns out I'm a broadcast professional. <laughs> Well, fancy that. <laughs> and and you will get to do how, – how much will you balance Bears with the rest of the NFL? Does that just depend on the the quality of Bears football or just how important they are? I mean, getting people in the door is probably going to be mostly Bears conversation. But considering how bad things have gone for the Bears this year – it's not like we can just continue to, as the playoffs are going on, for example, like we're not going to, to, to kind of shoehorn in bear stuff. Like I'm already looking at the, the guest list for tomorrow's show, and there's going to be reporters on from Green Bay and Detroit. Because as far as the NFC North goes, like that's, that's the biggest story. Uh, in, in the conference right now is that those two teams are, are playing for their playoff lives on Sunday Night Football. So there, there's going to be different ways that we're going to approach it, but it's a different venture. I'm really glad that NBC Sports Chicago is doing this, to tell you the truth. I've, I've always felt that the station needed a football show, and now it's going to have one. You mentioned Tony Dungy, which leads me to believe that you can help uh, leverage the resources of NBC proper as part of, of the brand. My hope would be that they would, that NBC itself, whether it's, you know, Florio or Dungy or anybody else involved in, in their various football platforms would be made available. Yeah, Dan, yeah, I would expect that the Florio, Chris Sims, 
uh, will, will probably make an appearance on here. The other great thing about it is we don't have to leverage. We, we don't only have the leverage of NBC. We've got the leverage of the guys that already work for us, whether it's Lance Briggs or Alex Brown or in, in the case of my, my partner in crime tonight, Dave Wanstead. Oh. And people who listen to the Parkins and Spiegel show know that his, his Rolodex is endless. So the people that he's going to allow us to get in touch with and have football conversations with is immense. A texter wants to know, is your question to Tony Dungy, why did you kick to Devin Hester? You are you are on to something. Oh, that's a texter. That's not me. I mean, he got so, away with it. So, so look, here's what I'll tell the score audience. Back when I was the, the, the Bears beat reporter, when we went to the Super Bowl, they split me and Zach up because Zach was on the sidelines for the Bears. He got the Bears. I got the Colts. So my whole time in Miami was spent mostly in Fort Lauderdale covering the Colts. And I asked Tony Dungy about kicking to Devin Hester that first night that they were there. And he said no. So my job for tonight is to find out what happened or if he lied to me. Mm. I think someone went rogue. I don't think, I don't think he lied to you. I don't think Don, Tony Dungy, I, that I don't, lovable I don't sweet think, man, would think, lie to you. Wait, was that Vinatieri that was their kicker? I'm trying to think it was – yeah, Adam Vinatieri would never, he would never go rogue the Hall of Famer. Come on. I mean, more likely yeah, than Tony I, Dungy lying to Lawrence. I, I truly believed him because it made all the sense in the world. Like We had spent all that time talking with coaches throughout the NFL that year, and none of them had an answer. Like They were doing all sorts of stupid stuff. We're going to high kick it. We're going to angle kick it. We're going to kick it out of bounds. You know, all this dumb stuff. And and finally, like when you're talking about trying to win a Super Bowl, you you can't let that guy be a determining factor. So I want to know what happened. I've heard some rumors, like I've heard some stuff from people I know around the league on why the strategy may have changed. But I want to address it particularly to Tony Dungy. All right? Do they have a makeup person? If he's lied to I me, just, I just wonder if they have a makeup person or they're making you do your own. Wait, so are you saying I'm ugly? Is I'm just that... asking. I, 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 no, I've got some ideas here. I just want to know how avant-garde you want to, you want to go with the makeup. But it, but... Um, or, ordinarily, I only powder. And, and now that I, I have almost no hair, I try to powder the top of my head so that there isn't a glare. Mm-hmm. The glare, the I glare don't, Dan. I don't you don't have to worry usually, about that. I don't usually do like a full makeup unless there's an actual makeup artist here. And for right now, there isn't. But okay. I was I was taught a couple of things on points that I'm supposed to cover if I feel like I need it. The lights here, I didn't do makeup on Sunday. I did powder on Sunday, and I thought that it went all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with mostly just powder for now. Okay. And and if as I age, uh, things get worse, then then I I know what type of makeup I would need to cover up. All my ugly. I say full D. Snyder twisted sister uh, for one, and then maybe one of the members of Kiss for for another. Just just for fun. Uh, I I I don't think that works for me. Ah, okay. All right. Um, well, you don't not know. Really... You don't know that. Yeah, you haven't tried it. How do you know? No, you're you're right. I haven't tried it, but but very similarly, what's the dish that you haven't tried and you know you hate? 
Jason? There's like 10 of them, but hummus. I think the one you're thinking of is hummus. You could also say yeah. cottage cheese, yogurt, several Exactly. Others. Just like you with hummus, I know this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> All right, we'll be watching. It is going to be Lawrence Holmes as part of Football Night in Chicago, coming up momentarily on NBC Sports Chicago. Lawrence. Yeah, Alex Brown's going to be on the show. Tony Dungy's going to be on the show. Dave Wanstead's going to be on the show. Uh, thank you guys for supporting it. NBC Sports Chicago, 6 o'clock. We, we got it on, and it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Enjoy your days off. See you, buddy. All right, guys. That's Lawrence Holmes. Next up, one last thing. The Parkins and Spiegel Show on the score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's in Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for One Last Thing. Let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else and we'll come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One Last Thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. I'm not exactly sure what we're doing here because Shane threw me a curveball. The only reason that, that Dingus is here is because uh, Jason and I are recording the Organizations Win Championships podcast in about 15 minutes, so he was here on the other side of the glass. And I, I said nothing about them actually giving you an open microphone on an actual radio show. Yeah, but we just needed to get rid of him from back here. You did talk to I us about it. some adult it. swim shows I, or something like that. Something I, called Robot Chicken and asking, asking us no who we want to win is. between Georgia and TCU. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So we put him in there and you deal with them for six minutes. Wow. And there are actually some questions about him from one last thing. So What do you expect out of me? I'm his kid. I have to be a little bit like him, right? A little bit annoying. It was a tough thirty-five Slightly? minutes. I'll tell you that. See, they th- usually <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. And, and usually, when 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 our show ends before I leave, I'll go. I'll print out some crossword puzzles and do some promos, and then I usually go in and, and do a lap and sort of see how how Shane and Tanny are doing, and then I go in and all they're doing is making fun of Parkins and Spiegel the entire time, and then I get a laugh <laughs> out of that and I go home. <laughs> and if you missed it, by the way, did you? Was that posted? It, the, it, it's already posted, yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and Tanny doing Danny and Speaks is already posted. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that, that really was good. I, I hope that our, our video people have had some fun with that. It was good. Um, and people loved when Jason was here so much last time, so I figure take advantage of uh, uh, I know management liked it, so I, I'd like to be in the good graces. <laughs> Question number one for Dan Bernstein. Are you worried about your son Jason's uh, interest in sports media? Yes. Why? Because I, I, the, the larger trends for our business are not great. I don't know where it's going to go. I would, I would also uh, think that with uh, somebody as uh, capable and smart, he could do something more important and helpful to the world. From the 217, Jason Bernstein, what does your dad do that embarrasses you the most? Oh, God. <laughs> 
Uh, there's a plethora of things that I could go through. Um, probably when he yells in public <laughs> at either my sister or me, and he has no idea how loud he is. It's very <laughs> humiliating, and then we get all of these looks. And um, well, stop being an idiot. I won't yell. Well, there you go. I think you should stop being an idiot and stop yelling. I, I think There's, that... there are better ways to handle things like that. Oh no! There's and two I, of them. And I'm I can't, not I can't tell which one's which right now. <laughs> there was a football coach I covered, and he said his wife is always mad at him because when he is home, all he does is yell at the kids for doing dumb bleep. And he says, "Well, if they'd stop doing dumb bleep, I wouldn't." Who? Who said? Well, who, what coach was this? Adam Gase. Oh, God. No. <laughs> the greatest offensive mind in the century. Oh, no. He really got the most out of Jay Cutler. You, you and made, then he went to the Jets. You made me empathize with Adam Gase. <laughs> now you've done it. I love Gase. And his, uh, what was it? The ta- Remember the taco thing with him? Oh, where yeah. It was like he was always eyes. looking at a taco. Yes. I, I, I don't know exactly what that was, but he was doing a press conference with the Jets, and there was a... a "Quote unquote floating taco," and it was put in a video, and he was always just tracking. They tried to explain was, why he had the why he was agog and a gag. He had these and a wide eyes, and he just kept looking everywhere, like know. inexplicably, just kind of looking around. <laughs> and I think somebody added the floating yes. taco as a possible. Yeah, it wasn't a real taco. It's like yeah, Bobby Portis, nuts like that. It pisses you off. On Twitch from Moist Daddy Ranji. Oh. That's the username, Moist Daddy Ranji. Can't wait to hear what the question is. Chris Ranji, I got a bone to pick with Chris Ranji for a lot of reasons. He never tells any of us when he's in town. He just showed up this weekend on New Year's Eve to my home. No warning whatsoever. Daddy needs a sleep. Question for Dan from Moist Daddy Ranji. Lace a pipe and he gets out of here. (laughs) I don't think he did that. What show on the score is the closest to Boars and Bernstein, and do you think it's better or worse? Which show on the score is better that is worse than the most successful show in the score's history? Yeah, that's really not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think every every radio show is worse. Is its own the way to globalize it, Coach. <laughs> every sack is its own specific occurrence. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna that, that could be twisted anyway to make it sound like I'm crapping on somebody else, and I'm not going. He definitely is crapping on somebody else. No, I'm not. Not at all. Yes. Jason, w- which show does your dad hate the most? <laughs> This one, <laughs> by a mile. It's not. It's not about sports. It's just a show to, where they just clown around the entire time. Yeah, we well, we hear that a lot. You but, sound like management from but, <laughs> Dead Medic on Twitch. Uh, for both of the Jasons, what is your favorite cereal? Oh, uh, Captain Crunch, all berries, or not all berries. I'm sorry, Captain oh. Crunch with berries. Idiot. Crunch Ooh. berries. It's called Crunch, Crunch berries. Crunch is good. berries. Oh boy. Crunch berries is good. And sorry, is you my... didn't teach me well enough. French berries is my favorite, but I like that they put out this all berries. Oops, all berries. Like, it's some big mistake, and it's it's a delightful mistake. For Jason Leisure from Connor O'Donnell, one of our other video guys, what's worse, doing a show with Dan Bernstein or Tony Gill? Uh, Tony Gill is worse, but also better because of how fascinating it is. He's never experienced anything. It's inexplicable, and it yeah, it, it's, it's like if you just... Uh, Turned someone loose in the middle of Manhattan that had been living in seclusion all their life. Do you ever see the movie Moscow on the Hudson? No. Robin Williams plays a, 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 a Soviet defector in Manhattan, and he goes into a grocery store for the first time. And that's that's what you're describing is that would be because he, he's used to standing in bread lines and having no choice, and, and he passes out 
in the grocery store because of all the coffee that's available. He actually faints. One more from the 847 for Dan. Did you get any dirt on your son when he was drunk? My mom did that on our Mexico trip. That's from Sean and Charlotte. I don't need him to be drunk to get dirt on him. Okay. No. No, no, nothing new. It's a helpful parenting tip from yeah. the uh, from the listener, though. Yeah, and he, and he really he he wasn't he wasn't like either annoyingly drunk or entertainingly drunk. He was kind of a veteran, and it, that was kind of annoying. Did he say anything nice to you that you now are not sure if he really meant? Was he like, "I just res- I just respect you, man"? Hey, no, 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 I really love you. No, I mean it, man. I no, probably not. did that. I no, probably did. You didn't. Maybe you were drunk too. Maybe. <laughs> I know we joke around, Dad, but nothing like that. No, no okay. not, Sorry, yet. Man. not yet. Not yet. So I'll put a bow on this one. As we thank, yeah, this, Jason, did you bring the either Jason? Then you got the bow today. Bring the bow. Supposed to bring the bow. Danny usually brings brings the bow. Shane, we go. probably had some in here, but Shane cleared all the Christmas stuff. Yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw Christmas. Shane was like a wrecking ball of all the decorations. Hours. That's what people don't realize. It wasn't like a little dainty. Oh, let me take this out. I'll take this. Like get this crap out of here. Like literally throwing stuff and yeah. yanking out the 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 cords it with was such urgency. Really intense. Like it was a fire hazard and, and he was concerned about our safety. I didn't have much time. It is the one man war on Christmas. And if you haven't been paying attention, the next speaker of the House of Representatives. Because if you if you haven't been following today, it's Shane Reardon, that I think that's going to be the, the default accepted candidate here. He's going to be Speaker of the House. And at the next State of the Union, he's going to be sitting behind the president picking his teeth with a knife. First move, and the president's teeth. vending machines and all the cafeterias. Thank you to Hub Arkish. It was a pleasure to talk to him. I hope you uh, it was mm-hmm. as much a pleasure to hear him. Thanks to Joe Cowley. Thank you to Lawrence Holmes for joining us. Tanny and Shane and Kevin Lapka for their help as well. Jason Leisure, thanks for doing this. It was fun, Dan. Thanks for having me. <sighs> so that's eight hours of radio. Now let's go do the Organizations Win Championships podcast. Stop complaining about eight hours of work. That's a normal person's day. When have you ever done eight hours of work? Yeah. School-ish? No. Okay. Well, I don't care about school yeah. Well, I think you did work an eight-hour day at Brad. Well, yeah, 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 I did do that. That's really difficult physically. Right, where, where you're just running all right. Let's wrap it. Room. All right, okay. What's next? Thanks, Shane. What's next? Gabe Ramirez next. Gabe Ramirez. After we just got done promoting an NBC Sports Chicago television show at the same time as Gabe. Well, Gabe will be on these airwaves <laughs> next. Goodbye. Listen, of course it feels great. I'll be honest with you, I'm exhausted. So, like, I just, you know, I want to go home, put the feet up, drink a beer, and just, you know, so it feels real good. I'm just proud of them. I really am. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.